Hey you guys, what's going on everybody? Hope you're having a good Sunday so far. Uh, Tom just got back from the bar, so I don't yeah. know what went down over there because uh, no, he no, hasn't no. been around. He hasn't been shit. home that long. Just normal shit. <laughs> We're gonna do Pulp Fiction. Fucking great movie. Saw it last night. Yeah, I've seen it several times, yeah. but I actually haven't seen it for several years. I saw it a bunch of times. I haven't seen it in like twenty years, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Louis sent us that one as well, exactly. along with uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Back in the collection. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, movie held up. It held up. It's actually better now than it was. Yeah, it's me. It has, yeah, surprisingly, even though this came out all the way back in 1994, when I was right. only four years out of high school, for Christ's sake, um, it really has not dated at all. No, I think it's gotten better. I think it has as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, I'm pretty sure, I think I saw it in the theater when it came out. Um, and I've seen it, like I said, subsequently many times since then, and I always like like it better each time. But watching it again last night, I just you know after not, a long time not seeing it, I'm really familiar with it. But it always just like every time I watch it, it always like it delights me anew. You know what yeah. I mean? Just because it's just it's so funny and it's just like full of energy. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's just like such a great. I love the structure of it. You know energy I mean? that's a good way to that's a good way to put yeah it. it's a very i yeah. mean you can tell this was like a, a passion project yeah. this was something everybody was really enthusiastic about like nobody looks like they're phoning it in nobody looks like they're yeah. not having a good time everybody just looks like they put 110 percent into this yeah and it's like watching four movies and they're all kind of interwoven with each other and they're jumping around it's good it's good yeah. well the initial idea i don't know if you know but Quentin Tarantino wrote this with um, his friend, Roger Avery. And what they were planning on doing initially was, you know, the um, the Italian uh, horror anthology movie, uh, Black Sabbath, that has yeah, Boris Karloff remember, and stuff? Yeah. It's like three stories. That's what he was planning to do. He was going to do one like that, but it was going to be called Black Mask. And it was going to be three stories, like, based on, like, old, like, crime, like, pulp magazines, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what they started to do. So actually, Roger Avery, his friend, wrote the gold watch thing, like about, you know, the boxer and all of that kind of stuff. And they kind of want to do, because Quentin Tarantino, and it's like funny that, like I said, when we were talking about Reservoir Dogs, he's not the same, the first person that like, you know, that shot a movie and they showed it like out of order. I mean, now it's like really common, like a lot of people do it. It was a lot rarer back in the 90s to do it. I think it made like a really big... Yeah. Impacts that it was shot out of consequence that it was you know not in uh you know not in chronological order, and he said that he wanted it to be more like he's like you know novelists do that all the time where you have like three different stories going on for example but they're all kind of like interrelated and they don't have to necessarily be in chronological order, and a lot of people too have pointed out that particularly this movie and Reservoir Dogs it almost plays more like a real good album than like a narrative story yeah you know what i, I mean so, yeah. which i kind of feel like that was on purpose like especially as integrated as music is into his films i feel like he wants to do it like he's more interested in i guess like the dramatic impact the thematic impact of it rather than like showing things happening like in a yeah the way they happen in real life because he'll, he'll show you the end first and then stop it and then go back 
and then show you how it got to that. And then, and even the end that he showed you wasn't the end end. There was a resolution to the end. Yeah. Later on. That's kind of what the movie is all about. But it doesn't really matter. It's just, you watch it and you have a good time. And you get to know the characters and, you, and their stories and what happens to them. And even as important as a character as a character may be, they still kind of have fucking like a fucked up end. Like uh, fucking um, the one character that that uh, fucking oh what is it? John Travolta plays. He's a main character. Yeah, Vincent Vega. Yeah, Vincent Vega, and he dies because he forgot the because he was taking a crap. Yeah. That well, if you notice, if you notice throughout the film, yeah. every time he's in the bathroom, like yeah. bad shit happens. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like he was in the bathroom, like when uh, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny started like holding yeah. up the diner. Yeah, uh, you know he was in the bathroom, or actually there was another guy in the bathroom, like when they came in that apartment to like fuck with those dudes about taking the briefcase. It's like so every time he's in the bathroom, yeah, something bad. Oh, and he was in the bathroom at. Uh, Mia Wallace's house when yeah. Uma Thurman's character like Going to the uh, OD'd, yeah. Going to the bathroom was his weakness. <laughs> I guess. At like the worst possible time. Because <laughs> he mostly he went to the bathroom, you know, and fucking he made it until the one time he goes to the bathroom and he comes out and the dude he was there to kill, who was a boxer, he left his fucking suppressed Mac 10. See, I, I don't down. think that was his. I think that was, um, I think that was Ving Rhames's. That was Marcellus Wallace's guy. Maybe. Because they were both supposed to they be there. They were supposed to be there? But okay. see, when, because when Bruce Willis is, when Butch left the apartment, he sees Marcellus walking across the street, right? That's how they kind of get back, like they oh, see okay. each other. He had left to go get some donuts or some shit like that, and he left his gun. Oh, okay. The, so that actually wasn't. It was. It wasn't. That Vincent's wasn't Vincent. Okay. No. I got. You. I had thought that too, but then like when I was thinking about it, I was like, no, that was actually Marcellus's gun he because he had, with he had gone out to like to go get <laughs> coffee and donuts because he yeah. was crossing the street like. Right. Then. So I think like the th- the cool thing about the movie too is that it all hinges on little. Uh, coincidences like that, which kind of goes into, I guess, like the greater theme. It's not a super deep movie or anything like that, but it does kind of go into like a greater theme, like things happening by chance or, you know, and there's that whole thing about redemption and uh, divine intervention, you know, particularly with Samuel L. Jackson's character. Sam Jackson fucking knocks it out of the park in this movie. This (laughs) This is the movie that brought Sam Jackson to to my notice, you know, I noticed him because of this movie when mm-hmm. it came out. It was like I didn't realize he was the same dude from Coming from America. Remember that he was in Coming to America. Yeah, very briefly. Very it was briefly. like it was like a cameo. Yeah, he was he he, he robbed McDougal's. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he was in it for like thirty <laughs> seconds. Thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. But this movie kind of, in my mind, cemented him as a character. I was like, God damn, you know, what I mean? that's a cool dude. Well, like I said, he wa- he was supposed yeah. to be. Well, he auditioned for Reservoir Dogs, yeah. but he didn't get it. Right. And so then, like, he ended up being. I think he'd been in stuff before this, but I think this was kind of his start. The thing about this movie is that. I mean, the cast of this, I had just forgotten how it's like every fucker is in this. And this was, it's, you know, h- hard to imagine now, too, because Uma Thurman was, like, so famous. But the, she'd been in other things before this, too. But this was definitely her, the movie that catapulted her onto the A-list, for sure. Yeah. And Bruce Willis, um, he was probably the most famous motherfucker in this at the time. Yeah. And him being in it 
actually, I think that's what helps the movie get like kind of worldwide dis- distribution because he was so bankable, like from his action movies and stuff, Die like all over all the that. world because of, of all that. Yeah. Um, so I think initially in the initial um, version of the script, I think the boxer character was supposed to be like a young guy, like an up and coming guy. But when they decided to have like Bruce Willis in it, they decided to make him kind of like a little bit older, like over the hill. Yeah, he wasn't that like old, that. actually. He's yeah, he's 30, not. But, I mean, for 30, a boxer. For a boxer, maybe. I guess yeah. for a boxer. Like, for any yeah. kind of athlete, it's probably, like, older. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, like, what I... Because I've been watching, like, you know, other people's, like, breakdowns, analysis, and stuff like that. It's, like, this movie is just so iconic that there's even... I had actually never heard this, but there's actually, like, all kind of fan theories. You know, the very famous, um, you know, MacGuffin of the... Of the briefcase. The briefcase, That yeah. they never show you what's in there. Yeah. Uh, the, the most com- as far as I know, the most common uh, fan theory about that is that what's in there is Marcellus Wallace's soul. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, because of those scenes where he has, like, the Band-Aid on the back yeah. of his head and, like, they yeah. never say what that is. And I guess there's a thing where it's like when they take your soul out, like when you sell your sell your soul to the devil, they take it out the back of your head. Yeah. In reality, he just like cut his head shaving it, like for the role. And then Quentin Tarantino liked the band aid so much that he just kept like focusing on it. Yeah, well I <laughs> I never really took it as that watching the movie. I always thought it was either some kind of drugs or gold. But it would couldn't have been gold because gold def- would have weighed a lot. That's what I was and thinking. Then, Initially, I would have thought, well, it's gold bars. It's it gold kind, bars, but yeah. it would have been too heavy to like carry yeah. it around because they were just carrying it around. I like thought it was some that. kind of drugs, like a fucking whole briefcase filled with cocaine or something. You know, it was something. Yeah, that like, was oh. it's definitely a MacGuffin. But you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah we're good. But that's why yeah. I liked that they never showed what yeah. was in it. You know right. what I mean? Richard Brown said, "Not Tarantino's ego." No, I don't think anyone. Well, you know, you might be the first one to say that. But that was kind of like the most common. Tarantino's in this movie, and that bitch can't act. Can't I know. Act. Can't Actually, act. Robert Rodriguez directed yeah. him in that scene. He can't act. But well, he got better as he went he on. He can't. But yeah. I don't know. Like for for that role, like it works. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But yeah, he's not an actor. No. Well, as you notice, like he he, he was did in. Get, he did get better. Yeah, but, but he was in his movies less and less, yeah. like as time went on. So it seems like his ego wasn't that big. He wasn't like Neil Breen level or anything, where he's yeah. just like putting himself as a godlike figure. A godlike figure who's the lead. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. like, stick with screenwriting and directing, yeah. Quentin. Those are those are your strengths. Acting, not so much, but. I don't know. I do. I do like him in this movie, but he's not believable. No. I mean, it's very, very obvious that that's just Quentin Tarantino. There's a lot being of shit. like, yay, I'm in a movie. You know what I There's mean? There's a lot of shit in the movie that's cool that is not believable. Okay, like the well, wolf. yeah, like the wolf. Okay. <laughs> they call they call Harvey Keitel and he's the wolf, right? And he and he's the special man to help them because they accidentally killed the fucking dude in the back. Poor Marvin. Marvin blew his by head accident. Up. All right, they need him to show up to tell them to clean the car. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching this shit, and I'm going, or like, Jenny, hold on. Did he just tell them to clean the car? Yeah. They had this special motherfucker had to. They had to call this special motherfucker out out of the woodwork. <laughs> the mafia had to come and show up and tell them to clean the car. Pretty much, and put quilts over and the put seats. quilts. That was his whole. I was like that. Anybody would have come up with that shit. Put the dude in the truck, clean the car, 
hide the upholstery. Okay. Well, now that's, I that's, I will that's, note that's, that's that he extent. did have the connection at, yeah. for Monster Joe's junkyard. Yeah. Where you go and dispose of the bodies. You know what yeah. I mean? Which maybe the low level hitmen don't have that. Because I kind of feel like Harvey Keitel's, like, you know, Winston yeah. Wolf. He's kind of, like, higher up, so he's got all those connections. It was still hilarious. I know, but it's like I said, good, but that's... but that's a good scene. It's I mean, the thing about the movie, though, is it's supposed to be, like, a black comedy. Like you yeah. said, it's not really supposed to be realistic. Yeah. The thing that I like about it, that I think a lot of people responded to, was that, much like in Reservoir Dogs, and we were talking about that before, how it's about a heist, but you never see the heist... This movie is kind of like that, but, like, writ large. It's kind of like all of the big things that happen in the movie, like a lot of the kind of, uh, a lot of the heists, a lot of the major things that are referred to, like, for example, Bruce Willis's character, like, killing the other boxer, like, yeah, in, in the, the fight. Yeah. They don't show it. Yeah. They just, like, show, like, the aftermath. So it's almost kind of like... It's almost kind of like you're just watching the, like, fringes of the life, like, around big events that would normally be, like, big set pieces in other movies. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like he's just showing how, you know, like I said, in most other movies, it would be just, like, these big action sets. But this guy, like, killed a guy boxing, or this guy did that. You know, this this these people, like, took the, you know, those kids in the apartment that took Marcellus's briefcase like yeah. shit like that they would show that stuff but this they just all show like the aftermath or like the shit that's going around around the outside of it and they it's show like a, en- they show enough though right right they right show enough i mean zed and the gimp and the gimp yeah fucking man that shit is awesome <laughs> you okay you okay man no man i'm far from fucking <laughs> Ving yeah, Rhames. Ving Rhames fucking knocked it out of the park. Everybody in the movie fucking knocks it out of the park. It is, it does have a a special gestalt to this movie. I mean, it's it's just like everybody in this movie is fucking going like, yeah, this is, this is a good movie. Let's fucking knock this shit out of the park. I mean, it's just, it's a fun movie to watch. I mean, the ensemble is amazing. Like I said, this fun movie... movie single-handedly yeah. uh, brought back the career of John Travolta. Yeah, it did. Which, I mean, he... I be- remember. He, yeah, because, I mean, you know, obviously he was real big in the 70s, and he was still in stuff, like, in the 80s and stuff, but he was more, like, in kind of, like, shitty-ass movies. Yeah. And this, like, made him an A-list star again. Yeah. And, like I said, it made a he huge star... He was doing star. action movies after this. Right. It's like, yeah. it made a huge Face star out of uh, Uma Thurman. Yeah. It was just kind of like, oh, funny fact about the whole um, that whole basement uh, rape scene there was that originally um, Tarantino wanted the music playing over that scene mm-hmm. to be My Sharona, <laughs> which I don't know. That might have changed it tonally a That'd little bit. That'd be cool. I, well, I guess they couldn't... Um, they didn't. They ended up not using it because that movie Reality Bites came out the same year, and mm. that had a big scene of you know the girls in the convenience store like dancing to that song. Mm. And also, apparently, one of the members of the Knack had since become a born again Christian so and was not out. like super happy about mm. their about <laughs> being it's over fun. like over like an anal rape scene, which you yeah. know, um, you know. But uh, I, w- I was watching another thing too about how many. Um, how many instances of the of the f word of the word fuck are in this it was something like 258 or something like that it was like some amazing amount i guess i didn't really notice all that much because like i said i swear a lot too so it's just kind of like another word to me Mm -hmm. but apparently when this came out i mean this 
pretty much immediately because we were talking about this a little bit when we were talking about Reservoir Dogs too, but about how that like had a big impact. But I mean, obviously, because this was so much more successful, like mainstream successful, this had a massive, massive, massive impact on Hollywood just across the board. I mean, a lot of people that were around at that time, I remember being around at that time, and people were just like, it was just like a fucking, like a cultural juggernaut. You know what I mean? It's not only was immediately like one of the coolest movies ever, but it's easily, I don't even think anybody would argue with you if you said it's the most uh, influential film of the 90s. I mean, as soon as this came out, like there was fucking ripoff films American crime films, British crime films. There's like a whole subgenre of movies that were supposed to be like this movie. I mean, it just came out and it just blew the fucking doors off. And it also changed a lot of the... Because remember I was saying before, like before indie films, like some of them sometimes got nominated for Oscars or got like a lot of mainstream success or something, but not to the extent that it happened after... Pulp Fiction. And there was a thing, too, where, like, A-list movie stars would go, would now go back and forth. Like, they'd be, like, in some big tentpole movie, and then they'd be, like, in a little indie movie, and it wasn't as odd anymore. It was, I kind of feel like it was more delineated, like, before this movie came out. Because you have, this movie cost eight and a half million dollars to make, and made over two hundred million dollars. And it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes, the highest thing like it got pretty much almost universal praise like immediately like right out of the gate got nominated for a whole bunch of oscars uh very famously lost to forrest gump of all things (laughs) which is shitty because so because pulp fiction came out the same day as another awesome movie that should have won at the oscars the shawshank redemption both of these movies came out the same fucking day and they both got nominated for Best Picture, and they both lost to Forrest Gump, which... Forrest Gump's a good movie, but... I liked it at the yeah. time, but... It didn't age as well as It this. didn't age very well. Yeah. Um, it it really didn't. And it doesn't hold... I mean, this movie absolutely holds up. It does not seem... This movie does not seem to me like it came out in the 90s. It seems like it could have come out yesterday, yeah. to be honest with you. And... Um, Last time I saw saw Shawshank Redemption, I kind of had the same feeling about that. Like, it doesn't seem dated at all. The thing about Forrest Gump, though, is I think that because it relies so much on special effects, because, like, the whole, you know, gimmick of it was, oh, look, we're putting, you know, Forrest Gump into, like, all of these big, you know, historical events. And so, you know, it was 1994, so it's like the special effects were good for the time, but they don't really look that great anymore. And it's just so, it's so treacly and it's just so boomery, you know, Um, in a way. This is a lot more X-Gen. Yeah, (laughs) this this one is a lot, I mean, I don't think anybody would argue, this was a lot cooler. So I think like a lot of people were mad that Forrest Gump like beat out this movie because this movie was obviously way, 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 way more influential on filmmaking as an art form. Yeah, it's got a lot of fake gangster shit in it, but it is cool. Uh, it, it's it, it's a fun movie. It knows what it is. It calls itself what it is. It's pulpy. It's just pulp, pulp gangster fiction. It's a great flick. I like it. Fun. I mean, somebody's in the comment section fucking talking about the cringe. Some of the cringy shit that's in it. Uh, you know what I mean? Fucking Tarantino in his house playing a fake fucking character 
talking about dead nigga storage and shit. And it's fucking, and it's just, <laughs> that shit went off forever. It was funny, okay? You could not do that today, all right? But it, it was funny because you knew it was cringy shit. <laughs> Yeah, it was I think cringy that's shit back then. That's why I allow it, it because it, it's yeah. like it was supposed to be a throwback to another era, even right. in the day that it came out. I mean, he is homaging, He's homaging movies a bunch of old all shit. over the yeah. place. I yeah. mean, there's just like little like if you're because Quentin Tarantino knows more yeah. about like old movies. Yeah. Shit, even that whole the famous speech, you know, the biblical. Th- quote that Samuel L. Jackson's character gives, which is actually not exactly from the Bible. It's from an old, like, kung fu movie. It's from a Sonny Chiba movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he got that from. It's not from the Bible. Yeah, and there's there's some just classic shit. Fucking Samuel L. Jackson's character's talking about, That's it. I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna walk the earth. And just get, get involved in adventures like Kane from Kung Fu. <laughs> <Right>. and, <laughs> <laughs> fucking John Travolta's character that he's playing what, what's his name again what's John Travolta's character again Vincent Vega Vincent yeah Vin- Vincent is like dude walking around living fucking having adventures that's a bum you're talking about being a bum yeah. you're gonna become a bum <laughs> uh, it's homeless being a bum and, he, and he's like no you're gonna call it whatever but then no, that's exactly what it would be yeah bums walk the earth <laughs> okay pretty much fucking that's what bums are doing walking the earth having adventures <laughs> It's just an awesome movie. You know I, mean? I mean, all of their conversations, like I said, I know why, you know, Tarantino gets such a great, I mean, I, you know, he, he gets like so many accolades, like for his screenwriting and stuff. And I know that Roger Avery, like, um, helped him write the screenplay, like they co-wrote the screenplay on this one as well. But I mean, he really does have a great fucking way with dialogue. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's really his strength. And like just bringing characters to life, you know what I mean? Like I said, they're not realistic necessarily, but they're larger than life, you know what I mean? And they're meant to be that way. Um, Zach says, I still think my favorite movie from 1994 was Shallow Grave. Oh, shit, that's a great fucking movie. We should probably review that at some point. You've probably never seen it, have you? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's good. I used to have it on DVD, but I don't know what happened to it, actually. Um... Yeah, Gramthers, this is a good analogy. He says, this did to movies what Nirvana did to rock music. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, and it happened, like, right... I mean, Nirvana, that was earlier. That was 1991. But it was, like, pretty much the same thing, where it was just... It it was one thing, and it just changed everything. It it busted the floodgates. You busted the floodgates open. It's like crashing through the fucking glass door. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we we can do whatever now. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was a cool flick, and in the time you couldn't believe you were seeing it. It was it, it had changed the paradigm. It did, and uh, you go back and watch it, and it, it is still fucking. It is a cool movie. It's fun. It's, it's still hilarious. Yeah. Like all of yeah. it is still like funny. Yeah. Now later on, he started doing movies that I thought were just ridiculous. They didn't change the paradigm, but he got. But Tarantino came back to kind of his senses. And started to do shit that was also real cool. Um, but this movie, in its place and time, it did it did change the paradigm. And uh, I still think it holds up. Yeah, I mean, it does. watching it again last night, I had a fucking. It's blast, better now than it was. Like rewatching it, and it, it's, it to it's, me, it seems better. like it is not dated at yeah. all. Um, it's still funny. It still there's, seems very fresh. There's something about it. You watch it now, and you're like, you miss this in modern movies. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is the way it. Well, is. and this kind of happened. You know, this happened with Nirvana too. Since we're going with that analogy, yeah. is that 
you know, it every, it comes out and like it's this big, you know, iconic moment and like then ev- but then everybody starts ripping it off. Yeah. And then after a while, you're so sick of all the ripoffs and everything like that, yeah. that it's like you go back and watch the original thing and it doesn't seem all that special anymore because now you've seen like all the things yeah. that were pale imitations of it. Yeah. But not this one, though. No, not that. And like yeah. and I like Lion X Warrior said Guy Ritchie, uh, the British filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, has been ripping off Tarantino style for decades. Yeah. I kind of feel like a lot of American filmmakers did, too, like in the wake of this. I was even reading like on Wikipedia. There was like some film scholars or film teachers or something and they said shit man like the year after pulp fiction came out it's like every student film we got was like a pulp fiction like pastiche you know what i mean like they had uh elements of that and everyone's like ripping it off but um i think the the british in particular because they have such a long tradition of like crime films and stuff i kind of feel like they jumped on that train and like rode it hard because and some of those movies were really good actually the british ones but you know this was like kind of you know like i said reservoir dogs was kind of like the first one but i kind of feel like maybe a lot of people didn't see reservoir dogs until after this got hugely famous and got nominated for oscars and golden globes and everything like that and just made this massive impact you know what i mean Gramther says, question, would Tom ever ask one of his friends to be good company to Jenny if he went out of town for a few days? <laughs> uh, no. No, I'd never ask Steve to do it. Steve would try to fucking get up in it. <laughs> like, I know better. He'd be giving me a foot massage. Better. None of my friends would fucking be, no, hell no, they're all predatory back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. But see, we'd have to trade. <laughs> if he had a real, if it was a trade, if it was a trade, you know, if he had a real hot wife or girlfriend or something like, okay, well, we're gonna trade for a while, you know, then that might be different. But you know, everybody would have to be up on it, you know. I mean, everybody had to know what the deal was. And how do, you, where do you come down on the whole foot massage situation? Because foot massage, no, foot massage is intimate. I think you shouldn't be massaging people's feet. See, I kind of think that too. Yeah, it's like yeah. I know that they were having this whole discussion, and yeah. it's like they both there were good there were good points on each side. But it didn't happen, according to her. Well, no. All right. But I'm just saying, just from a from a theoretical no, standpoint. No, feet. Yeah, that's a little bit. And I thought that was funny, where like, <laughs> where like Samuel L. Jackson Jules, that's his character's name. Yeah. He was all like, he he thought that uh, Marcellus was overreacting. Like by throwing that guy out of, out of the fourth floor window for massaging his wife's feet, but then um, you know Vincent makes the very uh, salient point. He's like, "Well, uh, would you massage another man's feet?" He's like, "I'm kind of tired. You know, I could use a foot massage right yeah, now." Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he wouldn't do it. Yeah. So he's like, he "So him. he just kind of like proved him. his point." I was yeah. like, "Yeah, exactly. It is kind of like <laughs> I'm the foot fucking master." <laughs> and they were obviously lying. <laughs> Those characters were obviously alive. <laughs> well, yeah. The, well, that's what was funny. about. I've given millions of foot massages. Yeah. It's well, like, I'll I... go off foot massage, this and that. <laughs> they're, like, they're fucking lying. But, you know, that's something that Tarantino would do, his fucking foot fetish ass. In his, in his movies, his characters would also be all into feet, probably. Or at least lie about being into feet. But, you know... People are going like, well, he's Tarantino rips shit off. Yeah, but he knows it. Well, and he's not he's, ma- he's, he's not making a secret about right, it either. Yeah. I mean, and I'm he fine with that. He likes old stuff, and he likes old stuff. I'm fine he'll, with he'll, that. Re- he'll fucking kind of rehash it, 
reboot everything. I mean, he's very, in interviews, he's very open about, hey, I got this idea from this movie, and I got yeah. this idea. I mean, like, the dance scene in this, like, he got from, uh, I think the movie Kiss Me Deadly. Like, he, like I said, the whole concept for the movie came from Black Sabbath, the horror anthology. Yeah. So it's like, he's not making any secret about it, which, like I said, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. If you're when going Tar- to... When Tarantino's on, he's on. Yeah. Yeah. When and he's I... off, I don't like him. But when he's on, he's on. Yeah, I mean, some of his, you know, like everything else, like his movies vary in quality, but he's made a lot, so it's just kind of like, but watching this one again last night, I remember really liking this one. Like I said, I saw it several times, like back in the 90s and 2000s, but I hadn't seen it for a very long time. But watching it again, I was like, I forgot what a great, this is a great fucking movie. I mean, I forgot what a great movie it's this was. It's up there with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, just like the, I yeah. love the narrative structure of it. I yeah. just love uh, the character interactions, like the dialogue. I just, everything about it is appealing and like i said it just has so much energy to it all the characters are appealing and funny and it's just like a good time like watch yeah. and it's long it's like two and a half hours yeah but it doesn't seem like it because you're just having such a good time hanging out with these people yeah you know what i mean and that's kind of the way once upon a time in hollywood was yeah i had a blast long. with that movie too that's also really long actually it might be longer than pulp fiction now yeah. that i'm thinking it's about long, it but you don't really mind because you like watching it yeah i think we didn't we see we saw the, that in the theater twice didn't we yeah and i got the blu-ray i think that one's almost three hours yeah but i didn't mind that at all either because like i said i don't the only reason that i would have an issue with a movie being long is if it was didn't need to be that long or if it was like boring or something like that but when it's hanging out with people that are interesting and you actually kind of want to hang out with the people, then it just kind of seems like you're hanging out with your friends or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Or you're just hanging out with interesting people. So it doesn't seem like it's taking that long of a time. Tarantino's zaniest movie that, I, that I'm still on board with would have been like Death Proof. Death Proof is pretty fucking zany. Yeah, But I can still watch it. It's a good movie. Yeah. Good. I, I'd rather take this, though. I'd take this one or um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I, think, mean, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, this is a masterpiece, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is also a masterpiece. I think I those two are his best movies. Yeah, I think so. Um, I would like to re-watch Jackie Brown, although I'm pretty sure... You haven't seen that? I don't think I've seen that. It's good, but the thing about it, it's actually Jackie Brown is really good, but I think it's based on a novel. I think it's, isn't it based on an Elmore Leonard novel? Maybe can somebody like correct me of that? I thought it was. So it's not his original creation. So he doesn't have quite the same investment in it, I guess, as he would like in his own screenplay. But I still remember liking it a lot, like seeing Tarantino, like, you know, kind of interpreting somebody else's work. But that's another one that I've been wanting to rewatch because I haven't seen that one in a really long time. Um, you know, but I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, Pulp Fiction and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are, and Reservoir Dogs are his best ones. The other ones, um, I like to varying degrees. And we should probably do, like I said, some of the ones that he wrote the screenplays for, like True Romance and, um, he wrote the screenplay for, uh, what the fuck is that movie with, um, with fucking Woody Harrelson in that minute. Oh, um, yeah. Oh my god, I just totally blanked. Uh, Natural Born Killer. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Man, getting old sucks, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, we got a lot of stuff go- going around in our heads. Yeah. A lot of movies and fucking a lot of shows. Granther says, we used to have a saying, you can trust a fellow cop with your life, but never leave your lunch or your girlfriend alone with him. <laughs> Man, he'll even steal your lunch? That's yeah. pretty low. Yeah, donuts and fucking sandwiches and apples. 
Yeah. Doesn't I feel like every workplace yeah. has one person that will steal people's lunches? Yeah. Well, they're not eating. I'm who. They don't, Who does fr- that? Their refrigerator is fucking empty. Apparently, a lot of people do that because there's always one motherfucker that does it, yeah. like at every workplace I've ever worked at. And it's like we never could like ferret out who it was. Yeah. But I was like, man, that is like that is the lowest of the world. You don't steal somebody's lunch, okay? I mean, you don't steal their girlfriend either. But I'm just saying. Uh, Dana Rowling said, "Frosted cinnamon pop tarts are the shit, and also deadly." Apparently, yeah, I think those were actually they were off-brand pop tarts. I don't even think they were actual pop tarts that oh, he put in the movie where he put the. I didn't notice the pop charts in the thing, yeah, like while I love them. like while Vincent was I in the bathroom, pop. I love pop, and they popped out, and that's yeah. what scared him, and he okay. ended up shooting them. See, but they were the they were the store brand. They weren't okay. even like pop charts. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> ben says the only uh, good movie Tarantino made apart from Pulp Fiction was The Quick and the Dead. Fight me. Well, I don't want to fight. You. I don't remember that one, but I don't think I saw that one actually. Uh, Gramther said the only thing dated is a white guy saying the N-word over and over. That was then, wouldn't be accepted now. Yeah, and... It was dated then, though. It was dated then. That's what I... Yeah, yeah, I would argue that, like, even back then, people were just kind of like, okay, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, it's... So, that's kind of, like... But that's the reason why it works, because it's, like, supposed to be cringy. I kind of feel like, you know what I mean? Like, he's trying to be terribly cool and not really succeeding in it yeah. but it's just kind of like i don't know it's a very self-aware performance and i think that's the only thing that keeps it from being you know what i mean yeah <laughs> he's trying to be cool and it's just not cool and that's <laughs> well yeah he's, he's a nerd but i think he's, he's a nerd well, he's, he's aware that he's that. a nerd it's, yeah it, it's i mean of, it's he wears like that Stephen, badge with pride it's kind of like much. stephen king trying to be in his own movies i, I mean that mother Stephen King should not be in his own fucking movies. Hey, I'm gonna. I'll go to bat for Creep Show. Yeah, the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. And uh, a lot of people don't like that. I thought he was fucking great in that, like playing just like a dumb Quentin. His his nerdy ass tries to show up in a hardcore gangster movie that he wrote. Okay, and he's trying. It's just it's cringy. (laughs) It's fucking cringy. And you're supposed to, I think, supposed to go, man. But you know that that's that's what he was trying. But to like get. I said, I'm pretty sure that he was aware yeah. that that's how it would be yeah. perceived, so, and yeah. that was like, I think that's like part of the joke. Well, his movies, he's making movies that are supposed to be B movies, right? It's supposed to be a B right. movie. They're very self-referential. He's, basing, he's supposed to be basing his movies on B movies, right? So it's a B movie based on other B movies. And that's that's how he gets. That's how he gets away with yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's kind of the shit that you'd see in a movie based on B movies. And like I said, I think he gets away with just the whole entire structure of his movies and stuff like that too, just because he's very open about all the stuff that he's homaging. Yeah. Like I said, he's not trying to pretend that he's some big genius that came yeah. up with this, that, and the other thing. He's saying, no, I got this from that movie because I loved that when I was a kid, and I got this yeah. from this movie. It's like, you know what I mean? He loves that shit, and he just wears it on his sleeve. This movie solidified the cool of Sam Jackson. It just... It definitely did. He's the coolest thing in the fucking movie. Every and, scene and, he's... I mean, he's yeah, so, so he's fucking great at yeah, this. He's and, so fucking great at and, this. And, uh, and in a weird way, fucking John Travolta's cool as fuck in this movie, too. He's very cool in this movie. And which, the two of them together which, are which, just like fantastic. Yeah, which, I love the chemistry. Which Travolta's not really a cool dude in real life, but I don't think. No. no. <laughs> no. Fucking Sam Jackson's probably much cooler in real life. But well, I can't imagine Sam Jackson not being yeah, cool. Yeah, there's something about this. Th- th- these movies made Samuel L. Jackson. You know. 
Do you know that in this movie he was supposed to have a big ass afro? Yeah, it was funny. We were watching. We, we, me and Jenny were looking at his hair, and I was laughing. I was like, Look at his hair. His fucking hair was kind of like a fucking mullet. It was. Well, it's a Jerry like, curl. It's like of. a Jerry curl mullet, and this shit was cringy then. It well, was cringy then. Apparently, it was supposed to be. the story I heard. Yeah. Was that originally he was supposed to have a big ass afro? That was yeah. what Tarantino uh, <laughs> wanted because he was, yeah. you know, he's homaging like black exploitation movies because he's yeah. a big fan of black exploitation movies. So I don't know if this is true, but the story I heard was that they sent one of the like prop people or something like that who was apparently white as fuck out to get some afro wigs and they came back with like a jerry curl situation. <laughs> Tarantino was kind of bad, being like, what the fuck is this all about? This isn't an afro. Yeah. But then, like, when Sam Jackson put it on, he's yeah. like, no, this is good. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, and Tarantino's like, yeah, you're right. That, that is good. That's yeah. good. Well, because... It's like a fucking Afro-American version of a fucking mullet. Okay. Well, it's, I think... Because Sam Jackson like shit. pointed out that he's like, I think was it... Um, Man, shit. Who was it that was like real big at that time? Was it? I don't want to. I want to say it was maybe NWA or something like that. Mm-hmm. And one of them had like some Jerry Curl kind of situation. <laughs> so, so it was. Just, it was that kind of thing. So he was just like, no, it's it, this is gonna work. You know what I mean? It's gonna be better <laughs> than like having a big. And I think it does because that hairstyle, like as cringe as it looks, like he pulls it off. Yeah, not think that shit bad. I don't think anybody else would have, but because it's Samuel L. Jackson. Like what was the best part of the movie is when when, <laughs> when they show up to the fucking white boys' houses, the ones that try to steal the briefcase, mm-hmm. and they go, "What time is it?" And he goes, "It's seven forty-five. It's not time. This is, we'll wait because there was a time." I guess they yeah, had let's hang call. back, and then and then just hang back, and then they fucking talk to each other and they go, "Okay, let's go get into character. They got to get into character to go in there and to fucking go in there and kill motherfuckers. It's fucking it's it's a great scene." And uh, be probably a lot of truth in it. Probably a lot of truth in it. Eating that do. guy's Kahuna burger. Eat his and, and it's a big Kahuna burger. Yeah, and he just shoots that one dude for laying down <laughs> on the couch. And he calls him Flock of Seagulls. Yeah, yeah. Flock <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, all the fucking... <laughs> That's, I think that's why, again, I I think that's why this works. And I know this, is, this may be going to sound like out of left field. But I think that's why... Stuff like Mystery Science Theater is still funny all these years later because all of their references that they made were old back then, like when they yeah. made them. So they don't really date the same way as, yeah. you know, like, for example, a movie that came out in the 90s that was making references to very 90s things. Yeah. And like now you're just like, oh, Jesus, you know yeah. what I mean? But I remember that. But if you're referring back to like shit from like the fucking you know, turn of the century or like the 50s or the 60s or something like that, that's not going to date necessarily because, yeah. you know. You're and referring they, to, like, older shit. And they asked the black dude, remember that? Fucking, why didn't you tell us somebody was in the bathroom? Come on, let's go. And, then, <laughs> and he's going with him, and then they're friends with him, and then they accidentally shoot him. It's just, but it's just, it's just some funny shit. And it's just, <laughs> and, that, and that scene was apparently supposed to be different, too. Uh, I heard that initially they weren't just, like, supposed to shoot him in the face and, like, blow his head off, like happens in a movie. Marvin, that character's Marvin. name is. Um, originally in the script, they were just going to shoot him in the throat and it didn't kill him right away. Mm-hmm. And then like later on they decided, oh, well, we're going to have to like, he's going to die. So we're going to put him out of his misery. Mm-hmm. But apparently, um, John Travolta argued, he's like, well, I think that that would make our characters less sympathetic, like just shooting him in the head, like while he was still alive. Um, so he's like, I, I don't know if John Travolta recommended that or if the actor that played 
Marvin recommended that, like, because yeah. I've heard two stories. But they, and they said, plus it would be, like, way funnier, like, in a fucked up kind of black comedy kind of way. If, um, you know, you, they just accidentally, like, blew his head off and the fuck... And just the whole, like, the way that uh, Vincent and Jules, like, bitch at each other while they're cleaning the car... Yeah. It just fucking cracks me up. Like, Sam Jackson, like, in the backseat, like, picking bits of brain and, like, yeah. skull off the shit. <laughs> I just thought the shit was funny. <laughs> that they have to fucking call Mr. Wolf over to tell them to clean the car. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna fucking... What's his name? Mr. Big. I'm gonna send this guy down for you. I'm gonna send the wolf. And he shows up and he basically tells him, okay, clean the car. Basically, what he does is tell, tell him to clean the car. And that's fuck that. <laughs> we're gonna put some of this shit there and then we're gonna put. The <laughs> Which normally I guess is... you wouldn't have had to do if it wasn't like the middle of the day. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that whole some scene is just fun. fucking hysterical. Like, yeah. there's a. I can't think, really, I can't think of, like, a single scene in this that isn't, like, iconic or hasn't been, like, parodied, like, all over the fucking place. I mean, the cultural impact that this movie had is just... Yeah. It's it's really, like, hard to overstate, You need a special gangster to show up to tell you to clean the car, though. That fucking guy. And I love that he shows up and he's, like, all, you know, just just there with his, like, coffee pot. And he has, like... his hot girlfriend who's 20 years younger. Like, he had his tuxedo on still because it looked like they were... were, were, Was he at an auction or, like, a gambling? Like, what was it? I don't remember what it was. Because at first, like, I I can't... He was in a hotel. Yeah, and there was like, but they, I think they were doing like, um, like a gambling party or like a poker party or something like that. And so it was like some kind of fancy, like yeah. a James Bond kind of situation. Yeah. So, cause he had like a tuxedo on, like it had gone on all night and then he gets the phone call. Like he has to. He's asking for coffee. Could you give me some coffee? Yeah, I'll give you some coffee. It's just fucking funny. I smell coffee when I come in. Can I get some coffee? <laughs> And then it's like all this stuff about like the really good coffee that he yeah, had. Yeah. He's like, yeah, of course it's good coffee. I, I don't bu- need you to tell I'll me why I'm good my coffee. <laughs> fucking I let my wife buy it. It's shit. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ben says, uh, it adds realism. Most of the criminals involved in gangs like this are really, really dumb. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, like I said, I kind of feel like this is... Because they're just kind of showing them as just like kind of regular working schlubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they're not... They're not like super cool, but in the in the way that they're not cool, they end up being kind of cool because you're just kind of seeing them as regular ass people just doing their regular ass jobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just kind of like they're, you know, they're they're about to go like waste a bunch of people like in this thing, and they're arguing about foot massages, like whether that counts as like fucking <laughs> being like too intimate. They're or talking not. about the metric system and talking about the royale, with the royale with and all that kind of stuff. So they're just talking like about a bunch of stupid shit, even though they're about to go like kill some motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, Synth Wizkid says my dad's favorite movie. Yeah. Way to make us feel old. Well, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I was how old was I when this movie came out? I was tw- I was in my twenties. I was twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was twenty two when this movie came out. Yeah, twenty two. Uh, Maddie P said, "Inglorious Bastards" is amazing. I liked Inglorious Bastards the first time I watched it, but when I rewatched it, it was a little too over the top for yeah, me. Yeah, I never didn't like it from day one. Um, yeah. because I remember see, seeing that one in the theater. Just I th- too crazy. I think that on Tuesday, um, I think Danny asked us to do. Was it Danny that asked us to do Hateful Eight? Yeah. 
So we'll probably do that. I like, like that one on Tuesday show. Yeah, I remember like I've seen that a couple times, but yeah. it's been a while since I've seen that. I haven't seen it as many times as I've seen Pulp Fiction. I've seen Pulp Fiction probably. Sam like Jackson's 10 times. in that one too. So it's Kressel. That's right, Kressel's in that. Yeah, Kressel's in that. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? Uh, a oh, bunch of people I'm getting old again. Yeah. Oh, what's her name? Jennifer Jason Lee. She's in yeah. it also. Uh, Synthwood's kid said, "No, no, I showed it to my dad." Oh, okay, <laughs> so that's good. I'm just teasing you anyway. He would have loved you guys. Aw, what a nice thing to say. What a nice thing to say. Ben says, don't eat hamburgers for breakfast. I mean, I kind of feel like the concept of breakfast food is a fairly modern concept. I'll eat that. I'll eat that food any time of the day. We eat it coming back from the club. Which I guess, te- is that technically breakfast? Yeah. I guess. When you're drunk, you're going to want fucking breakfast food, man. <laughs> <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning, breakfast food. Fucking right. Well, yeah, I actually yeah. like, I mean, I love breakfast food. It's probably yeah. my favorite thing. But breakfast food is like a lot better at three o'clock yeah, in the morning. You want eggs and hash browns and fucking <laughs> muffin, egg McMuffin, and just all, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, see, Ben says ham and eggs is okay, hamburgers are not. No. See, I don't, see, there's not much difference. It's just in a different configuration. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get that we're like not used to like eating a hamburger for breakfast. Yeah. That is like a weird thing to eat for breakfast. But you know, Mark says breakfast food twenty four seven. I think everywhere should have everywhere that yeah. offers breakfast should have it all day long. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Zach said breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. All right, so uh, you you getting like yeah, I'm getting drunk. I've been you're drunk. getting drunk. I've well, drunk. yeah, you you got a head start. I've been drunk. Yeah, you get a head start. Yeah. Okay, now uh, tomorrow is Monday, which means it's a haunting Mondays. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, do is there an episode of a I was trying to think of it and I was looking at all the episode lists and stuff. Is there a haunting episode that has any jack shit to do with Christmas? Or yes, no, maybe. I'm trying to think. I was looking at the episode guides and I'm like, e, nothing's like standing out. Like if anybody can think of one, but if anybody has one, because I think we've done all the ones. Uh, Danny Rowling said the Unleashed. That's Christmas. No, but I mean, oh. maybe, because, yeah, he was asking about that one before. If we can't find, a, like, a Christmassy one, we'll then the we'll do the Unleashed. Said White Witch. I mean, we could stretch and make that seem Christmassy. Just because it's Christmassy week. We don't have to do Christmas. I'm just saying, I just wondered if there was one that would make it make it easier for us to pick. We'll do that one. But we'll do, yeah, we'll do the Unleashed, because that's another witchy one, and we did a witchy one last week, so that should be that should be fun. That should be fun. Uh, all right, so Tom's drunk ass got to go lay down. Yeah. And then we got to watch a haunting. Okay. And I got to take some notes on it. All right. <laughs> you going to be all right? I'm going to be fine. Okay. I'm going to be fine, Jen. We'll just go ahead and sh- we'll shut it down. Okay. We'll, we'll, shut that shit yeah, down. Shut, shut that shit shut down. That shit I, will down. Watch, I will watch any haunting right now. Okay. <laughs> Jay's making fun of me. It's okay. I'm not making fun of you. Don't get all don't get all okay. sensitive. All right. Don't get all sensitive. Uh, all right. So we will see you guys again tomorrow for a haunting Mondays. So be sure to tune in for that. Have a good rest of your weekend, you guys, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Good night.